My name is Pam Park, and I am C3. I did not grow up in a religious home. My father identified as an agnostic, and my mother was a, hey, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> However, I was required to attend Sunday school. Since the neighbors went to the Baptist church and could give me a ride, I went to the Baptist Sunday school. In ninth grade, um, my Sunday school teacher, who was also the minister's wife, was teaching about the beginning of the earth as told in Genesis. And quiet, shy person that I am, raised my hand and said, hey, in school they're teaching us about the Big Bang Theory. How do I correlate these two ideas to make sense? And she said, you will believe what I tell you or you may get up and leave. And I said, oh, thank you very much. Got up and walked home. <laughs> my mother said, what are you doing home so early? And I told her, and she says, all right. You don't have to go back anymore. I only wanted you to go so you would have a very basic understanding of at least one religion so that you could make up your mind when you got older. And then she gave me an explanation to my question that was very logical to me, and I accepted it. In college, my friends were all Roman Catholic, and they were so set in their beliefs and so strong and, and so settled, and I'm still flying around here and there reading and wondering and everything, and I was jealous of them. So I took instruction at the Catholic Church in Spring Lake, and when I turned 21, I was baptized into the Catholic Church. Started teaching CCD. I loved teaching the little kids, but when we got to the teenagers, I didn't feel equipped to handle their questions. Then I moved to Arizona, and I left the, the Catholic Church. Um, After a marriage and a divorce, I was still at very loose ends and regarding my religious beliefs, and a friend introduced me to Unity Church. I discovered I didn't need to be religious. I was spiritual. <laughs> and living in the desert surrounded by Native Americans really helped me develop my spirituality. After returning to Grand Haven to care for my aging parents, I continued with Unity in Muskegon. When the ministers hired a, a when the minister retired and a woman was hired who brought more religion into the service, I left. Uh, Jean and I were vacationing in Vermont in, in 2002 and discovered that we could have a civil union, so we did. <laughs> I don't know exactly the year or anything, but Dick Rem made big headlines with his announcement that you don't have to believe in God to go to heaven. And it's like, oh, we gotta check this guy out. Unfortunately, we picked a Christmas Eve to check him out for the midnight service, and three hours later, when they woke me up so I could go home, we decided we were never going back there again. <laughs> <laughs> On Mother's Day, uh, no, we, we did. We dabbled in paganism for a little while, I think for a couple of years, and took some interesting learning away, but couldn't accept it. Then on Mother's Day in 2005, we decided to give Christ Community a, another try. So we walked in, and Lori Shire, the assistant manager, was speaking. And she was talking about being a lesbian mother. And we looked at each other and said, I think we just found where we're supposed to be going. Then we, were, uh, we became active and served as ushers for several years. And after financial difficulties caused C3 to, to downsize, I cleaned the sanctuary for a couple of years. We, we were lucky to be able to accompany Bob Kleinhexel, I think Wayne Johnson, Kevin Baldus, and Joan Sutton out to Pine Ridge Indian Reservation to build bunk beds and install them in the homes on the res for children who didn't have them. 
Unfortunately, they also don't have firewood, so in the wintertime, they burn the beds for heat. Uh, for, I made a connection with a lady there who ran a children's foundation, and for many years, I sent her at least a dozen uh, hand-knit sweaters and, and uh, hats. Then uh, this guy named Ian came to town and raised another ruckus. So we had to go check him out. And well, that, yeah, he spoke to us one Sunday and said, I don't want to do Earth Day. And we were totally shocked. And he says, I want you to do Earth Week and you two plan it. <laughs> so we did. Gene uh, took care of uh, music speakers, hands-on activities. And I went to the board and asked him if I could put a garden into the overflow parking lot with all the fresh produce to go to the People Center. The board agreed, and uh, when C3 lost the building, Karen was able to buy that plot of land to continue the garden. <laughs> I, it's been going for 19 years now, and I hope it's still going strong next year. Uh, we had a lot of help from C3 members in weeding and pl planting and everything. Uh, and the Earth Day celebration has grown to include, include three municipalities, and the activities were moved to Grand Haven for more space. In 2010, Jean and I were looking for space to begin a community garden. David Lewis connected us with um, Pat McGinnis, who had the property and wanted to start a community garden but didn't know how to contact people. We had the list of people but didn't have the space, so we melded. And this, behind the Salvation Army was the first community garden, and then out at the airport is the second community garden, and they're all still going strong. In 2013, Gina and I decided that we would like the legal protections that marriage would give us. And since the United States had just declared they would honor it, uh, we, on a Tuesday morning, flew to Vermont. Wednesday morning, we got married. Wednesday afternoon, we flew back. And that Sunday, here in this room, uh, Ian married us in a ceremony with a lot of you present. I believe in the values of CV, C3, and I found, here I found my home, my family, friends, and a safe place to be me. Thank you. Thanks, what a great story. Hi, I'm Gordy. So, yeah, I'm going to go back uh, a little ways. I was uh, born and raised in the Reformed Church. My dad was a Reformed Church minister, so I was a PK. And I was the kind of kid for 18 years that never gave them any trouble. I just, so I followed all the rules. Um, and, you know, you're sort of in an environment where you don't have much choice, right? <laughs> and... And so I, and I wanted to be part of it, so I think I was seventh or eighth grade, and I asked my dad if I could um, profess my faith, which I did at that time. Um, he said, you're kind of young. You know, usually people are older when they make this choice. He said, I'm not sure you know what you're doing, but I did it anyway. Um, I went to Hope College, uh, and you know it's affiliated with Reformed Church. I think my my parents were probably really pleased. Um, I don't think I ever went to church for four years um, while I was there. Uh, fortunately, um, maybe just before I got there, they, they, I mean, they used to have a rule that students had to attend 
uh, chaplain, the chapel, the chapel every single day. Um, fortunately, they changed that when I got there, so I, I went to chapel once in a while. I met Sally there, and, and so there were some occasions where we went, but it was a good break for me. A lot of our friends there were very, very involved with Young Life and all the things that go with that. Young Life was a Christian organization, and, and I, I just felt like I needed a break. I never got involved with that. Um, after I left Hope, uh, Sally and I were married. We moved to Minnesota for two years. We, we didn't belong to a church while we lived in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, I didn't miss it. I was pretty busy in school. Uh, I finished school and we, we, I took my first job at the University of Michigan Hospital, so we moved to Ann Arbor. Um, and we liked it there, and so we, we found a church in Ann Arbor. It was a small Presbyterian church. Um, compared to what I grew up in, it was more liberal, which um, was helpful for us as we started to maybe explore some things in a little different way. But we were very involved in the church. Um, it was a small church in the community. We got very involved in the church, teaching Sunday school, being on consistory and being involved with community activities. And, um, and so, but I felt like, you know, that, that was my choice, right? <laughs> I wasn't sort of, you have to do this. And um, then in 1984, I had a job change. We moved to West Michigan. I started teaching at Grand Valley. And we had two small girls and we found us uh, church in Coopersville. We live close to Coopersville. It was there are two Reformed churches in Coopersville. This one was considered um, liberal, and so we joined it. And again, became very involved in the church. Um, I taught Sunday school. Sally taught Sunday school. Sally was on the consistory. Um, we were involved in community activities, um, and you know we raised our daughters in the faith. <laughs> Um, we're very committed uh, to it. Towards sort of the last couple of years of our time there, we met uh, one of our co-pastors was a woman, Cleo Ludwig. Some of you know Cleo. She was a member of Christ's community um, in Spring Lake. And we started meeting. Um, there were about four or five couples. We started to meet with Cleo at her house and she started to introduce us to some new things. One of them uh, were things that Dick Rem wrote in those years. Um, and a lot of it resonated with me. But one of the things that really stuck out for me during that time with Cleo is we watched a series of interviews that Bill Moyers did with Joseph Campbell. Some of you, many of you probably remember that, The Power of Myth. And Joseph Campbell was raised Catholic, but he devoted his entire career to studying different cultures and mythologies. He was a mythologist. And so in that presentation of power and myth, of course, the three great religions, right? Judaism, um, Christianity, and uh, Islam, he talked about. And I learned that Christianity was a myth. I was shocked by that, but I really paid attention to it, and when we were done with that series, I got as many books that Joseph Campbell wrote as I could get and read some more. And that's when I really started to wonder about what I was raised in. 
um, it was a life-changing event for me. Um, and then um, things started to change in the country, and, and our church in Coopersville started to change and become more conservative. Sally was on the consistory. We had co-pastors, uh, women co-pastors, and when, the, when our women co-pastors left, people on the consistory said, well, that's the last time we're going to have a woman as a pastor. And that was the deciding factor for Sally and I, and we said, we, can, we don't think we can be here anymore. We love the people. We love the community. And uh, this was the same time that Dick Rim was retiring and Ian came, and so we started to attend services there. And um, Ian's um, presentations were really provocative and, again, just sort of encouraged us and me to read some more and think, think about things in a different way. Um, and so, you know, we just stayed with it. And uh, we moved over here like, like a lot of you did from when we, we gave up the building. We don't need the building, <laughs> right? Uh, we don't need the debt. We all came over here and, you know, Ian was with us for 10 years. Um, I learned a lot from him, but um, we've had great uh, lead teachers since Ian. And it's just been one continual sort of new experience or growth experience. Um, and uh, I think that's what it's all about, is to keep learning. And so that's, that's why I love this community, IMC3. Thank you, enjoying your stories. Uh, I am Jeff Crandall and I am C3, and happy to be here. So I was uh, raised um, in a home, my parents were not particularly religious, but did eventually join a Lutheran church. And I, I still remember we were all baptized together. I was eight years old. And um, early in my life, I was very much drawn to the sciences, but I was also drawn to Christianity. And uh, over the years, part of that was that I had so many great mentors that I admired. They were good, kind, thoughtful people. And I wanted to be like them. And that was the case from the first pastor I had to mentors in high school uh, all along the way. Uh, and um, uh, eventually I made my way to Calvin College had a great experience. It was not a dogmatic uh, Christian education. I loved it. Uh, one, one of the mottos of Calvin College, Calvin University, is listen, learn, and discern. And I, I will carry that motto with me the rest of my life. And as I get older, I slow it down. You know, listen, learn, then discern. And, and a great pre-medical advisor. And, uh, and I joined the Christian Reformed Church during that time. Shortly thereafter, I met a lovely Dutch Christian Reformed girl and married her. And of course, that solidified my devotion to the Christian Reformed Church for a long time. And the next years were uh, blur spiritually. I was overwhelmed professionally. And we were raising four kids, and whatever extra time I had, I was reading professional stuff. But slowly, I kept delving into my doubts. And uh, that was a 
pretty private journey for a long time. Uh, I journaled for many years. I'd go to church, I'd be in a Bible study, I'd go home and I'd write a question about theology that just did not make sense to me. And I've still got it at my desk at home. It's several pages on a legal pad, um, all kinds of questions. The biggest one I remember for me was, okay, this God is all-knowing, all-loving, and kind, uh, completely holy. How is it he can't forgive? Why does he need an atonement? That was, there were many others, and, and I, I, I struggled with that uh, for years. And then 9-11 uh, was uh, something that impacted me quite a bit. I remember reading a lot about the religions. I had learned about them in college. I don't know if I really uh, thought about them that much. Um, there was a book, uh, The History of God, that impacted me on my beliefs in religion. And uh, slowly, I kept uh, questioning my faith. Whenever I would bring up a question, though, within the circles I lived in at that time, the answer was always, well, we don't believe that. And I kept thinking, well, why don't we question that? <laughs> and uh, other pay, the other parts of the path toward my religious, the new word is deconstruction, I guess, was through uh, anthropology. Uh, I had a, a friend say, you really need to read Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond. And I started reading a lot about anthropology after that. And coming to realize that this religion came to us for a reason, and it wasn't what I was taught. It's not that God created us in his image. We created our gods in our image. And uh, that was powerful. Um, and then I, I started to read the secular authors. Um, probably the most impactful book was uh, Sam Harris's The End of Faith. And when I got done reading that, I remember thinking to myself, I am done with this faith. I am done with my devotion to this faith. But still I stayed involved. <laughs> I was on consistory, I was on the board at the Christian school, I still, and, and another thing I struggled with through those years was where, if we don't have religion, where does our morality come from? I had to work through that, uh, and it took me a while. Um, and, and as I got to know more people outside my church walk, I realized that many of them that were not Christians had very deep moral thinking, and that, that appealed to me. In fact, it was, I kept thinking, you know, this is more developed than what I've been taught. And so that, but I still kept with the church. As it got closer to 2016, the discussions in the narthex started to turn, uh, I would just say dark, and more and more disturbing. And then the MAGA hats started showing up on the coat racks. And I go, how could this be? Uh, even if I still did believe in this religion, how is it that we would follow a man like Donald Trump? So 
it was shortly after that election I said, uh, this is not my tribe. This is not who I want to be a part of anymore. And so I wrote a letter uh, uh, to the, the consistory. I thought it was a very gracious letter that I was gonna leave. It took me two years to turn that letter in. I kept changing, I kept changing the date on it because uh, there, there's a bit of cowardice in me. I knew that if I made that declaration that my life was gonna change and I was going to catch hell for it. And uh, eventually, it took two years and I did. Uh, and then I uh, didn't have a Sunday, I didn't have a, a group to belong to, which is really strange for me. And I think it was one of the festivals that C3 was a part of that I, you know, I better check them out. So I, I came one Sunday and uh, uh, Kent was talking about some philosopher I hadn't heard of. And, I'm used to going to a regular church, right? So I remember leaving that Sunday thinking, well, that was weird. <laughs> uh, 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 and, but I kept coming back. And in C3, I found a place where I can question and no one tells me what I've got to believe. But I also get to hear from some, uh, a lot of you who I've come to really uh, admire and love, and I love to hear your thoughts and what you're thinking, and uh, I feel like I'm growing, and, uh, and so I am uh, delighted to be here. So, and for my PBS, fellow PBS friends, that is my brief and slightly spectacular moment. My name is Ira. Um, I gotta tell you, Valerie said she'd help me edit, but <laughs> she, got, she got busy, and so here I am. Um, so where do I begin? I was born November 11, 1953 in Sioux Center, Iowa. I've got some great stories about that if you ever wanna hear about them, but I do digress. I was raised in a religiously conservative Midwest family. We prayed before meals, we prayed after meals. When we finished the meal in the evening, which we called supper, we read the Bible. I went to church twice every Sunday, went to Sunday school, learned the Heidelberg Catechism on Thursday nights in Iowa. You know, that was always important, so. Um, and then I went off to Northwestern College, which I know you all know about Hope, but Northwestern is kind of a small version of Hope in Northwest Iowa. And that's a Reformed Church College, and there I met my lovely wife, who was a missionary kid, of all things, with the Reformed Church. She had attended Reformed Church schools from fourth grade all the way through college. We used to joke about how we were poster children for the Reformed Church. Um, even to the point after I graduated from veterinary school, 
The Reformed Church has this book they call the Orange Book. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but it was a directory kind of, per se, of the Reformed Church. It told you where all the congregations were, where the colleges were, the census of the congregations, who was the minister at that. We used that book to help determine where we were going to go find my first job. That's how involved we were with the Reformed Church. When we moved to Coopersville, we went to Church of the Savior. And that is the rather progressive church that Gordy was talking about. We, we met Gordy and Sally at Church of the Savior in Coopersville. We became friends and lotted out of what things went on. Anyway, it was a rather progressive church. In fact, the founding pastor, Larry Dorn, had been quite an ally of Dick Rem. And then the, he, when he left, the second pastor, to, the next pastor to come, I had met in high school, I had attended college with, we had followed each other almost around the, the whole nation, and he ended up pastor at Coopersville. He's a dear friend. He did at one point say to me that... Um, I won't quote exactly, but he said my theology was messed up. He didn't use messed, and he was my pastor. But it was his version of an unexamined life isn't worth living. He taught a two-year weekly Bible study called the Bethel Bible Study. Some of you may be familiar with that. But it made you look at the Bible differently than chapter and verse. It made you look at what the Bible was saying. It taught you about myth, the same thing Gordy was talking about. In fact, I don't think Gordy was part of that group at that time, but Sally was. And um, we realized how quickly you could throw out things like hell and the virgin birth. For crying out loud, I'm a veterinarian. I know how things get pregnant. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Um, so anyway, the slippery slope had begun. And after Pastor Virgin, Verlin and the, I did it. Every time I practiced, I have called him Pastor Virgin. So Pastor Verlin left and then we had a clergy couple and after that, the church started to become more conservative. And Valerie stopped attending. She just, she just had had it. I needed the social aspect. In fact, it was my attachment to Coopersville, um, and I loved the social aspect of any organization. The attitude around the LGBTQ+, though, was the final straw, and they just couldn't resolve it, and it just became such an issue at, at the church, and it still is. The Reformed Church is splitting right now because of LGBTQ+. So Valerie, upon the constant, constant nagging of Sally Alderink, <laughs> finally checked out Christ Community. And Valerie attended maybe a couple months, and then I had, I had attended a couple of the Borg and, and Spong lectures, um, cause I, and I was very intrigued with that, with Christ Community. So I followed suit shortly. And... Um, 
A, a little side note here, which I find fascinating and intriguing and I would thank God for if I could, is that Valerie and I moved together. You know, it's interesting that in our life, as we progress through our spirituality, it, we, we stuck on the same page. And if that hadn't happened, I'm not sure where we would have ended. But anyway, over time, C3 has done an amazing, just wonderful process to help me understand what I do believe. And it isn't the dogma, it is the values. And I think anybody that really examines their spirituality understands its values. It's freeing to me to let go of the dogma. The, it, it was simple. The, the church made it simple because they told us what to believe and what to do and everything. But at the same time, to not have that responsibility became so freeing for me. Being a little side note here, being a veterinarian on the farms and stables of West Michigan, predominantly Christian West Michigan, it was interesting some of the exchanges I had with my clients. Thank goodness I was raised in the Christian church, so I, I knew how to speak the language. It's my native tongue. I, I can't deny that I can speak the language very well. I know the Bible very well. And sometimes I'd have conversations with clients that went well. Sometimes I had conversations with clients that didn't end so well. Um, but I respected their opinions because I'd been there. I understood where they were. I just hoped that in return that they would respect my opinions. Um, it's still interesting too, even though I have released myself from the dogma and Christianity, sometimes I hear songs that, it's the music that just draws me back. It makes me emotional, especially this time of year, the Christmas songs. It's like, oh, wasn't that great? That was so wonderful. And, and, and we still have 150 nativity sets set up in our house right now. <laughs> um, but so here I am, and I got to read this part because I think it it's sums it up. So here I am with this amazing group of people who are curious and intelligent and willing to ask questions and have speakers that give different perspectives and they have great music and they have amazing small bites <laughs> and need I go on? I thank you all and I really appreciate this place more than you'll ever know. And I just had to throw this in on the end and oh yeah, somewhere along the way I learned a little bit about whiskey. <laughs> That's not very black and white either but several of you have helped me along that journey as well, and I thank you. <laughs> I am C3.